Hey everybody, it's James. Welcome back to another episode of Farmers Jam Radio. Today, we are joined by DeKalb County Commissioner Lorraine Cochran Johnson, who has been tackling an issue with dollar stores head on within DeKalb County. Commissioner Cochran Johnson was featured in an article by Civil Eats called As Dollar Stores Proliferate, Some Communities Push Back. We learned that not only can dollar stores perpetuate food deserts, but they can also lead to lower property values and increased rates of crime. We chatted with the commissioner about what she's doing to prevent the proliferation of dollar stores and what the county's doing to combat food deserts. We hope you enjoy the interview. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and we'll catch you on the other side. All right, everybody, welcome back to Farmers Jam Radio. Excited to be joined today by DeKalb County Commissioner Lorraine Cochran Johnson, who was recently interviewed in an article for Civil Eats about the proliferation of dollar stores, particularly in her district. Commissioner Cochran Johnson, how are you doing today? I am well. How are you? Ah, I'm I'm doing very well. I'm I'm honored to to be joined by you. Um, you know, I, I'm a DeKalb County resident, so it's great to be to be able to speak with you. I'm I'm very um, happy and appreciative you you were able to to make the time today. Oh, not a problem. I mean, it's it's a great thing, James, to have conversations that are meaningful to the community and that can often educate people and, and shed light on really important issues that sometimes fly under the radar. And I totally agree. I think that this this um, issue is um, it's interesting because it is about dollar stores. But um, throughout the article, as you note, um, and and as the reporter notes in other cities and municipalities, that it's not really just about dollar stores. It's also about uh, public safety. It's also about property values. It's about food deserts. So we're going to kind of get into all of that. But I I, I wanted to start. You know, first, in case, you know, someone's looking at the headline and maybe not diving deep, is that you are not inherently against dollar stores. In fact, you note that in the article you shop at dollar stores. So I wanted to just clear that out. Can you kind of explain, you know, what is exactly where you stand with dollar stores and what is it exactly that you are, I don't know if even against is the right word, but trying to prevent Understood, and and I I like the way you frame that question, Jane, because, uh, of course, I am a mother, Uh, so throughout the years, I have frequented dollar stores. They're absolutely great for small supplies for children, poster boards, um, all kinds of creative items, so I always make it clear that I do shop at dollar stores. Uh, my concerns are not in any way a personal attack. My concern is the proliferation of any business within a community. And if that proliferation causes a negative effect on community, that is where I take issue as an elected official. So my concern with dollar stores focuses around data um, firmly established data uh, that shows 
both through the Institute for Local Self-Reliance as well as the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, that in areas where you have a proliferation of dollar stores, particularly in communities that are vulnerable, often black and brown communities, underserved communities, and communities with lower incomes, you tend to find food deserts as well as a plethora of health issues, hypertension, um, diabetes, obesity. So that is my concern because looking at the area that I represent and how I initially began uh, researching and became compassionate about this issue uh, and passionate, uh, while on the campaign trail I had a woman come over uh, because I have very diverse pockets that I represent in DeKalb. I have everything from the southernmost tip of Dunwoody to Doraville, Tucker, uh, Lithonia, Stone Mountain, Stonecrest, Pine Lake, and the list just goes on and on, and unincorporated DeKalb and Ellingwood. And in my south and unincorporated area, um, that's where we have uh, our lowest income. That's where we're experiencing the food desert. So this woman walked over and said to me uh, in 2018 when I was running for office, she said, uh, I would love to support you, but I need to know one thing, that you understand in South DeKalb, dollar stores are not economic development. They are a detriment. And at that time, I could only look at her, but because I didn't know. Um, I did notice the massive presence of those stores, but at that time I had never done the research. So coming home, I immediately sat down to my computer and Googled effect of dollar stores on communities and was just overwhelmed, literally, James, by what I saw. So that was the beginning of my research and activism as it relates to dollar stores. I think that you know that that's a a, a great story, and I, I'm it's um, you know amazing that you had that a constituent who was you know really you know zeroed in on that issue, and I think it, it may not seem obvious to people you know in a low income uh, community, um, which I don't even know if that's a, a great phrase, but you know for now. Um, you know, you put a dollar store in there, you think, oh, okay, well, now you have a store that has all kinds of goods that people can afford in, in that community. But when you're talking about food specifically, you know, at least in my experience, when I've been to a dollar store, you're not seeing fresh lettuce, you're not seeing bananas, uh, you know, tomatoes, you're not seeing fresh produce. What you're seeing there is potato chips and candy and processed goods, canned goods, um, sodas. So when it's, whilst it, you know, and, and you can see dollar stores oftentimes will position themselves as a solution for food deserts. But, you know, as this article makes clear, they're actually perpetuating that issue by making, you know, these kind of foods available. Um, and in addition, I think, 
something that's missed in the food desert conversation is that it's not just about the absence of food, but it's also about limitations of it's, it's low-income areas that have low transportation areas as well. So all of these things combine to create a food desert, and the dollar store comes in as a solution but actually makes things worse. Uh, that, that, that's one way to say it. And, you know, the travesty is, James, that in many of these communities, there are no other options. Now, right. here it's in the cab. Um, so I'm very, I'm very sensitive to that because I've had some people say, independent of this dollar store, we'd have nothing at all. Um, but here in DeKalb, what we've seen in, in certain communities is the slow eradication or erosion of traditional supermarkets. Um, we've had several um, along corridors in South and Unincorporated DeKalb uh, that were once viable grocery stores, your Kroger's, your Publix, and those stores shut down. Uh, I can remember uh, I was interviewed uh, and participated in, in a piece done by CBS Sunday Morning that looked at the growing presence of dollar stores, and um, I was sharing that I needed to leave where I was to get over to, to, to film. And one of my colleagues said, well, you know, well, what's going on? And I explained, and he said, wow, interestingly, I represent Kroger uh, as an attorney. And he said, uh, we will not locate a Kroger store or even consider placing one in a shopping center or complex that has a family dollar, dollar tree, or dollar general. He hmm. said, uh, we will not have a presence there. And he said, with all contracts that go out for Kroger, there is a covenant that clearly indicates they can never be a tenant within that shopping center. Uh, he said, right. you know, I'm not quite sure I understand why this little old store is such a threat to the, 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 the grocers, but he said um, they absolutely cringe because it affects their bottom line so greatly. Uh, and, you know, that was my first time speaking with the, an attorney or an individual who had firsthand knowledge of contracts on the back end. So there's, there's definitely something here. Uh, so for us, you know, once those supermarkets leave, now you have to attract a new one. And that is, you know, uh, that's a very difficult dynamic to have. So it's a lot of motions and wheels here to, un to and a lot of layers to unpack, so to speak. Definitely. Yeah. And, and that, that is that is really great um, insight. And I think really, really captures, you know, what, what can essentially be a, a downward spiral. So um, in order to kind of do something about this, you introduced a resolution um, in 2019, essentially halting the construction of any new dollar stores. Because again, just to drive home the point, there are 41 in your district. I mean, that is a lot. That is a lot. Um, so with this moratorium that was in 2019, um, 
you you know no, you could not now I think it's defined more as, as as not just targeting dollar stores but as a small box retailer you know people may be familiar with a big box retailer this is um, targeting more of the small box um, and that resolution has been extended each year since you've introduced it can you um, tell us more about what was in that moratorium and and also some of the other things that it was intended to help with absolutely and I'm sitting here doing the math. And uh, I'm not sure, you know, how broad your audience is, but actually there were $81 stores total um, in DeKalb County proper. And I believe 75% of them were in my district. Oh, wow. Feel the exact number. And, you know, I, I really believe in science and data. So when I brought this issue first to the legal department, um, I immediately went to planning and sustainability um, because that's where business licenses are issued and pulled a report that showed where each and every family dollar, dollar tree, and dollar general was located. And it was at that point that this disturbing pattern began to emerge because um, the northernmost point of the cab, District 1, had only $1 store. And of course, that's your highest income area. It's near your Brookhaven, um, Shamley area, considered technically it's Atlanta, zip. Uh, then District 2, um, that is also a northern district. It only had $2 stores. That was your uh, little Doraville, Tuckerish area. And then when we reached District 3, um, that's where you start to reach the southern um, and unincorporated part. Immediately, it popped to $27 stores in that district. Uh, district 4 um, had 23, and District 5 had, I believe, 17 or 18. So that was the breakdown. And uh, that's when we realized these things are concentrated, these stores, only in the Southern Crescent in the black and brown communities. There's no equitable distribution. Um, and, and, James, I just I, I had to break that down first. But if you will, will you repeat the question itself? And I can kind of now move into that. Yeah, no, and thank you for, for clearing that up. I, I was asking about the resolution you introduced in 2019 and um, because it, it, it did put, you know, a moratorium on building new small box retailers, but it was also intended, I, I believe, to, to study some of the other effects. And I was just wondering if you could explain more about that resolution. Absolutely. So once I gathered this, this data, and then I went to the health department and they took, uh, well, they developed for me across DeKalb County a heat map that showed our highest areas of obesity was really intense red. And then from there, it radiated out pink and, you know, eventually faded completely. Um, when you placed the map with dollar stores on top, the congruency was uh, it was just like, oh, wow, this is really how data and research begins because where you found those proliferation of dollar stores is where you had the highest obesity, highest blood pressure, highest hypertension, the worst possible health outcomes. So with that, 
um, I was able to make the argument that this is a matter of public health and welfare. So I went to our legal department and they initially said, Lorraine, you know, they, they sue. Um, you know, uh, they don't tend to take this lightly. We attempted this several years ago out of some concern that it had been raised and it didn't go well. Um, so you have to be careful. And, uh, you know, I come from corporate America and I think differently in the words of Steve Jobs. So coming from corporate America, I said, well, how or how did you define it? Give me what you initially presented that posed this legal challenge. And uh, I had done so much research. Dollar stores don't build larger than 10,000 square feet. And for people that are listening that understand planning and sustainability and such, stores that are 10,000 square feet, that's the cutoff. They aren't required to have lighting packages nor are they required to have a security plan. So they fly right under that radar to build a store and not be required to invest a great deal in its operation, so to speak. Uh, so I said, well, I think what we need to do here, because this isn't me attacking a particular store, we need to define a boxed store. We need a new definition rather than say that this is a targeting of business. Um, so that's what we did. And uh, we created a definition of what a box store is, 10,000 square feet or less. Uh, we even went into the sale of what types of goods. And that became the basis for the actual moratorium. And with that, because of the proliferation of these particular types of stores, we were able to pass a stop issuance uh, for building of those in construction until which time, understanding that these are the criteria that are associated with the stores uh, that have proliferated certain parts of the county, and it allowed us to stop the building until which time we could engage adequate um, researchers to determine the effects and what we can do to avoid the proliferation of such types of stores throughout the county. Uh, and that's pretty much how it, it worked out. And um, since that time, I believe at least four other states uh, have utilized our foundation and have been successful uh, to halt the issuance of building permits in their respective states. And I, I think one of the the other uh, you know interesting aspects uh, of this is is we talked a lot about the food and, and food deserts, but as you've also noted, and or as this article also notes that uh, these types of stores also have a negative impact on property values and can uh, increase crime in particular neighborhoods. Are those things that you have seen uh, here in DeKalb um, as, as you've been studying this issue? That is a great question. And, you know, it, it, I, I want to say it's unfortunate to say that, yes, you're, you're, you're right. This is what we see. Um, <laughs> I just presented le legislation yesterday because, you know, we are dealing with an uptick of violent crimes. And what we did was create, I love definitions, a definition of what we define as a high-risk 
business. And those are businesses where certain types of crimes, murder, aggravated assault, battery, um, aggravated sodomy, rape, uh, those types of crimes, including um, possession of uh, a controlled substance uh, and or a location where there has been um, an arrest for the distribution of a controlled substance contraband. Um, those were all terms that we utilized in the what we define as a high-risk area. And amazingly, because of acts of violence in DeKalb County, we have had at least two murders take place inside dollar stores. And I believe there were about 36 reports of violence on site at Ooh. dollar or properties. So to my amazement, even though I'm not, I wasn't trying to target them, we now have many um, locations of dollar stores that will fall into our high-risk business category, and now they will be required to have video surveillance cameras and lighting packages. So, James, imagine that. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm sort of a, a <laughs> for these people, but, um, yeah, uh, ironically, yes, and, and it's hard to believe. It is very hard to believe that we've had multiple murders take place inside dollar stores in DeKalb County. That's just not something you hear taking place inside of a retail store. It just doesn't happen. Um, only dollar stores, and, I, and it, you know, I don't want to bash them, but it's almost amazing. It, 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 it just causes me to take great pause because what's going on? What is really going on there? Yeah, no, I, I I think that these are all great points. And I think it's, you know, as you mentioned earlier, that flying under the radar, you know, obviously taking a look at permits and zoning and figuring out exactly what their footprint needs to be so they don't have to uphold certain standards. I think it's, you know, it's all coming back to this central issue, which is, again, not being anti-dollar store, but, but being against the over proliferation because it, you know, as you've mentioned, it prevents other businesses from popping up and it, you know, limits the type of food that's available in a community. And it's all of these issues layered on top of one another that makes this so important. Um, so I wanted to just ask, you know, we, we only have a few minutes here left that we've talked a lot about sort of preventing harm. I'm wondering, you know, on the sort of the flip side, you know, what's being done at the county level? to, you know, try to try to end food deserts uh, as much as possible within within the county? Well, um, we have what's called fresh on deck. And these are buses that are now out of rotation that we have repurposed into the cutest mobile, uh, what would you call it, uh, farmer's market. And we pull those buses up, and you can open up the windows where we've made the cutout so it's like a sales counter. And we go outside, and we hang the little baskets along the front so there's flowers, and uh, people can come in, and we literally sell fresh fruit and produce. The inside of it has been repurposed to look like the inside of a grocery store with produce bins. Um, so we are now taking fresh fruits and vegetables into 
the community, where we realize that there are challenges with mobility and a lack of access to fresh and healthy foods. Um, so that is one of the things that we're doing. Um, also, education is really important here, James, because, again, um, we have to teach people and children in particular at an early age to eat healthy, that it matters. Um, so it's an ongoing conversation. And also, uh, I am the creator, and I guess it's befitting, of the DeKalb County Embark Youth Farm. And um, I'm excited. It is a 58-acre oasis that is being constructed. It has uh, DeKalb County's largest greenhouse will be on that location, uh, 64 raised garden beds, uh, a bee farm, so we'll harvest and sell fresh honey. We have a hen house, so we'll have what's called happy eggs that are harvested and sold within 48 hours, zip lining, kayaking, rock climbing, tennis courts, all those things that children enjoy, including soccer fields, will be there. And um, it also has a state-of-the-art country kitchen that is FDA certified, so the children will harvest produce and sell everything from pickled okra to jams and jellies and fresh mixed greens and spring salads and all that stuff. So it incorporates entrepreneurship, marketing, soft skills, and uh, designed to get children out. Um, children actually receive pay for participation and work at the farm. Uh, so very excited to do that. Um, and I believe it's going to be hugely successful um, and of value to the community because each Saturday we will have a, a grower's market where farmers can come in and distribute their, product, their produce and goods. Well, now you're really speaking my language. That that sounds like a, a heck of a project, and you know, of course, something we'd we'd love to be involved with. Uh, you know, we can bring out our band of local farmers. We we got our own uh, jam as well. So, I mean, that that sounds amazing. I'm I'm gonna follow up with you offline about that because we'd love to be involved. It it actually has its own website, so um, you know you can go. We we I'm just you know it, it has received a lot of national attention. Um, James, as people look for alternatives and, you know, getting kids out there and educating them and exposing them to nature is really important. It's so important. And that, that hands-on learning, it really, uh, it really stays with you for life. So I'm, I'm, I'm fully supportive of, of that um, and grateful for your efforts to make it happen. Um, you know, again, uh, I know you're, you're really busy, especially this time of year. So thank you so much uh, for joining with us and uh, for talking with us about um, an important issue right here in DeKalb. And, and as you mentioned, you know, across the country, um, you know, fighting food deserts is, is critically important. And um, and you've you've done some some great work that, uh, as you mentioned, is being replicated across the country. And you know, we we definitely hope that it is successful. Absolutely, and um, always happy to share and have the conversation. And just want to encourage people to uh, eat healthy. Um, you only get one body, <laughs> and mm. you know, I'm an age where you start to think about. Um, the things you put inside yourself, um, you know, with a global pandemic that we just experienced, 
um, getting out there, being active, being healthy, living a wholesome life, and eating good food. That's what we should focus on. Um, I'm often told the worst part of a supermarket is the middle aisle. That's where you have all your processed foods. Just stay around the edges. Get your veggies, get your meat, get your fresh, you know, uh, products, and that's all you really need. That's it. Stay around the edges and avoid ingredients you can't pronounce. Those are two two great rules to live by. <laughs> I would totally agree. So um, happy to have the conversation and look forward to if there's anyone that wants to reach out to me, I'll send over our legislation and uh, hopefully it, it can be of assistance to you. All right. Well, thank you so much again for your time and uh, best of luck with your efforts here. Thanks, Jane. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for listening. Want to give another shout out to Commissioner Lorraine Cochran Johnson for her time and for shedding light on a very important issue, as well as all the work she's put in, not only to uh, mitigate the effects of dollar stores, but also to decrease the number of food deserts in our communities. I love the uh, fresh on deck mobile markets, but that urban farm, man, that sounds like a heck of a project. We can't wait to check that one out. As always, Farmer's Jam Radio was created by Longleaf Media, hosted by myself, James Carr, produced by the one and only Cam Christian with music by Nomad. You can get plugged into the whole world of Farmer's Jam at www.thefarmersjam.com. Learn more about our events. Learn more about our jam flavors. We got a lot coming up this year, so be sure to get plugged in. Subscribe to this podcast. Follow us on social media. Y'all know the drill by now. We very much appreciate your support. Y'all stay safe out there and jam on.